Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, well, take out those notes. We are in part five of a series that we are calling It's Not You, It's Me, and we are talking all things relationships and if you missed any of the first few weeks, you can always find them online. Here was the first four messages. We talked in week one about becoming the one. Talked to you about taking ownership of your personal growth, becoming who God's called you to be. Week two was seven deadly sins of every relationship, which by the way, is one of the top most shared messages we've ever had in the church. It's almost like you guys got a lot of sins in your relationship. So we got to work those things out. Week three, we talked about loneliness. and I have heard so many good responses to that. In in multiple seasons where you feel lonely, what do you do? Turn it into a lone time with God, and we connected with that one. And then last week, talked about five commitments to fail-proof your marriage. If you miss any of these messages, and by the way, I know we got our online audience watching us. If you ever miss any messages, just jump on YouTube, and you can always watch them throughout the week. We try to post just the message itself on Sunday nights, and the whole service is available, so you can always share it with your friends. But today, we are going to talk about sex. And it's going to be fun. And uh, I want you to know it is age appropriate uh, today. I, I had my eight-year-old in the early service this morning. So she, she was listening to this. So um, I, I will say it's a great time if you want to have your kids in Radiant Kids. But if you do have your kids in here, especially middle school, this is, it will be an appropriate message for them. But um, I'll just say this to parents. You need to be talking about this subject earlier than you think you should talk about it with your kids. I challenged last year our church to um, to get this book. This is a book that Katie and I have used. It's Seven Lessons to Introduce Your Child to Biblical Sexuality. And uh, it's on Amazon. You can pick it up. I think it's $10 or $12. And and, uh, it'll help you. Um, I would open it up, but there's some pictures. (laughs) That would be fun. (laughs) That would be the one screenshot everybody sees. So... um, but, but you need to have the talk earlier. Uh, the, the, the stats are out there. Whoever tells your, your child first about sexuality is the one that will define it the most in their life. So if they're hearing it from culture or television or they're hearing it from their friends, which worst of all, then they're getting a distorted picture of what God's perfect plan is for this. So parents, let's do our job. Single parents, do your job. Raise your kids in the way of the Lord, and let's teach them what God's plan is. And so today, I'm not going to talk so much about uh, God's ultimate plan for sex. I'm going to talk to you about how to fight for sexual purity, how to fight for sexual purity. I don't know if you're, you understand how rampant it is in our world today where there's more, taking out more relationships, more joy than ever before is the attack against your sexual purity. And I, I want to I bring in you today a passion for sexual purity to do life the way God wants you to do it. In 1982, the first lady, Nancy Reagan, uttered three words in response to a schoolgirl who wanted to know what to say if someone offered her drugs. Now, I don't want you to say the three words yet, but I want you to think about what you think they are. The first lady's suggestion soon became a clarion call for the adolescent drug prevention movement of the 80s and the 90s. And that's when I grew up. And those three words were just say no. Oh, you're with me today. Just say no. Just say no. They taught you, man, if you're ever offered drugs. And they gave these these like crazy scenarios. You know, the car pulls up. They're offering you drugs. I'm like, that's never happened to me. But what's happened, it's really shocking because now, decades later, they've done study after study of what the results were of the just say no movement. And here was the response. The response is this, is that decades later, they showed that refusal 
rehearsal, which is what it's called. You're rehearsing. No, 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 no. Does little to nothing to combat substance abuse in youth. They actually found that the more students heard just say no, the more interested they were in drugs. (laughs) It's almost like... You're sitting there telling everybody, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And all the kids are like, what are they keeping from us? What is this good thing that all these adults are doing that we're not supposed to do? The same thing is being proven true today when it comes to the purity movement that we grew up in. Many of us grew up in the church world, and the most we ever heard about the idea of sex is just say no. Just say, no, sex is bad, sex is dirty, you don't want to do anything to do with it, you run for your life, like it's, it's a terrible thing. And what I want to do today is I want to challenge you because I don't want you to just say no to this world and what they have to us, I want you to learn today how to say yes to God. Yes to God's plan. Yes to God's perfect plan for purity in your life. So let me give you a little foundation when it comes to sex that I think you need to understand that God created sex for our enjoyment. Like, you need to understand this. Like, sex is not the devil's idea. It was God's idea, and God created it. Actually, it's in your notes this way. God's first command to mankind was to have sex. <laughs> like, isn't that shocking? Like, that's right there. That's it. It was shocking to me. Like, the first thing he said, look what it says in Genesis 1:27. So God created mankind in his own image. He created it in the image of God. He created them, male and female. I know that's debated today. I want you to know this is what the Bible says about it. And it says in verse 28, so God blessed them and said to them, here's what he said, be fruitful and increase in number. All right, now some of y'all go, what does that mean? It means have sex. That's God's plan right there. His first command was to do this. God created it. He knew that this is the best way that it could happen. Now, I want you to think about this because God created us And the way we were designed is by him. And he could have made it happen any way. So he could have said, okay, you find your person and you give them a kiss. And that kiss implants the egg. And then she goes and she'll go into a room and she'll sit and an egg will come out. And she will sit on that egg. And just that egg will just form. And then then all of a sudden she will leave and the egg will sit there. And all of a sudden a hand will pop out of that egg. That could have been the plan. That could have been it. But, but I think it's very interesting. I want you to get this. I want you to get this. God knew that the greatest thing we would ever create, which is offspring, would be the byproduct of the greatest pleasure he ever gave us, which is sex. That's how God did it. God had a perfect plan to make this happen. He is a good God. And he wants you to enjoy this beautiful thing that he's given us in the context of what he wants us to have it in which he says in chapter two, look at this. He says, this is why a man leaves his father and mother and he's united with his wife and the two become one flesh, all right, one flesh. And Adam and Eve were both naked and felt no shame. Naked with no shame. Shameless, sinless, guiltless sex. That's what God's desired for our life. But here's the problem, ready? What God creates, Satan counterfeits. Always. Everything beautiful God creates, the enemy is going to counterfeit it. Let me give you some examples. For instance, God creates worship. And what does Satan do? Satan counterfeits it with idolatry. God creates the commandments. And what does Satan do? Satan counterfeits it with legalism. God creates love. 
What does he do? Satan counterfeits it with lust. God creates communities. Satan counterfeits it with what? Clicks and gangs and gossip. God creates prosperity and resources. Satan creates materialism. Do you see how he counterfeits every single thing? God creates dogs. Satan counterfeits it with cats. Do you see? I'm just preaching God's word today. I worked hard on adding that one in there, right there. God creates real intimacy within marriage. Satan counterfeits it with cheap sex. And that's the reality that we're in today. There, there, there is a plan that the world has, and it'll never fulfill you. Actually, the wisest man that ever lived wrote it this way in the book of Proverbs. He says it this way. He says, drink water in talking in the context of sex. He uses this illustration. I think it's so brilliant, especially in today's culture. He says, drink water from your own well. Like he, he calls sex. It's like, it's like, hey, you're thirsty? And that's not a phrase today. Yeah. You're, just, you're thirsty? And we're thirsty people. He's like, well, drink it from your own well. He says, why, why spill, look at this, the water of your springs in the streets by having sex with just anybody? By anybody? No, 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 no. No, there's a context. There's a context. I, I wrote it down this way. Because there's a sex that fills and there's a sex that spills. So there's a sex that, that, that'll fill your needs and fill your desires. And, and it's what God's created in, in his perfect plan. And it'll fill you. And that's what's so beautiful about marriage. That's why God's put us into marriage. That's why he's given us this beautiful thing. But there's also a sex that the world has, and it's a sex that, that spills. And it's one of those things that just continues to like, everywhere you go, it just, it's this person's heartache, and this problem, and this struggle, and, and this person broke up with me, and this person, and I'm, they told me not to get next to the equipment, so I'm trying to listen to them. We're good stewards of God's money, so... But it spills, and that's what the world has to offer. The world offers a sex that spills. So we need to learn what is the way that God says to do this thing. And, and to help you, I want, I want to take you back to seventh grade math. Seventh grade math will help you understand when it comes to this. And hopefully you'll never look at this different again. And because in seventh grade math, you learned a thing called PEMDAS. PEMDAS. How many remember PEMDAS? Come on, raise your hand all over the room. Oh man, isn't it remarkable? Teachers, you're doing a good job. I just want you to know that. So PEMDAS, we, we learned it through a little acronym and we learned it this way. Please excuse my dear Aunt Sally. How many re remember it that way? Yeah. So that's how, that's how I learned it. But it's not what it stands for. What it stands for is, you'll probably remember this, it, probably, it starts with a P which stands for Oh my gosh, you're so much smarter than the earlier services. <laughs> so much smarter. I know they got it in North Tampa. I know they did. You're smart, smart people. Um, Pinellas County, I know you're getting it. Uh, look at this. Exponents is the second one. And then you're going to, to multiply. So you're, you're figuring out the order. Then it goes to divide, add, subtract. So, so it, teaches us, it teaches us the order. Here's why. Because if you want to get the right answer, you have to do it in the right order. Yeah, if you want to get the problem right, you have to do it in the right order. If you do it out of order, you won't get the right answer. That's the same with your life. Write it down your notes. Ready? Because God's order is perfect. It's perfect. So, so I know our world is teaching us an order, but I want to remind you God's order is perfect. God's order is that you become successfully single in who God's created you to be first. Totally uh, have your identity in who he's called you to be. We talked about that in week one. Then God's order is that you date with the, with the idea that you're looking for a long-term thing called marriage. 
and you're dating that honors God. And then you, then you get married. And then once you get married, you have sex. And then you have lots of sex. And then, and then if God gives you children, that's part of the order. And then you're living in purity for the rest of your life. This, this is God's perfect order. And by the way, the world is just starting to discover that God's order works best. I actually thought it was shocking. This article came out about a year ago. In Psychology Today, they posted this article when talked about the impact of cohabitating together before marriage. Now, I know we have a lot of couples that live together before marriage. I want to show you, this is why we tell you do it God's way instead of the world's way. Look at this phrase. They, they quoted this. They said, despite changing norms and perceptions, premarital cohabitation still appears to be a risk factor for divorce. Now, look at this stat. Ready? They go across all years examined, and that was 2019, 2020, 2021. As they examined the years, the odds of divorce were 1.31 times higher for women who cohabitated prior to marriage. 30% higher rate of divorce amongst people who lived together beforehand. But the natural would say, no, it makes sense. You want, you want to try this thing out before you get together. And God's way says, no, 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 no. No, this is, you do it God's way, and God's way is always the best way. And here's why, ready? Because physical intimacy makes a great pinnacle for a relationship, but a poor foundation. And I want you to hear that. Because there's this whole world out there today that says, man, you just got to try it out. You got to make sure, make sure y'all are great together. Make sure there's the connection. And I'm telling you, ladies, if they ever come to you and say, let me, you know, nobody ever, ever buy a car without first test driving it. You just look right at that dude and you go, but I'm not a vehicle. I'm not some cheap thing that you buy at a used car dealership. I am a gift from God. I am a masterpiece created by God. And we're going to do this in God's way instead of what the world says is right. So we're going to look at a passage today. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. We're going to dissect the passage verse by verse because Paul addresses this better than any place I can find in the scriptures when it comes to how do we stay pure in a world that is so bombarding us with sexual temptation that we all feel at times. And I hope this message helps you, which by the way, I love it that Paul wrote this. And I want you to know who Paul is. Paul was a single guy that wrote this. So I, I grew up in the world where you'd hear the guy talking about sex from the stage and you're like, that's easy for you to say to with, you know, withhold and, 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 with, and abstain because you get to do it all the time. I don't get to do it all the time. Now, Paul's telling us how to deal with sexual temptation. And by the way, Paul wasn't married, and Paul had to live this out in his life. So we're going we're gonna to see what God's plan is, and look what, how Paul breaks it down. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, we're going to start in verse 12, and look what he says. He says, I have the right to do anything. That's not what we tell our world today. You say, but not everything is beneficial. I have the right to do anything, but I will not be mastered by anything. You say food is for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality, but for the Lord, and the Lord for the body. Look at verse 14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead, and he will raise us also. I'm going to encourage someone today, in, in just a few minutes when we close out this message, you, you might feel so defeated and so beat up. I want you to know the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead can raise you out of whatever mess you're in right now. He is still a God that saves us. Can we get a better amen today, church? He's a God that will save us. So, so Paul immediately, and I'll get into the rest of the passage in a second, he immediately confronts our way of thinking. He immediately confronts how we're doing this wrong. I wrote it down as three major lies 
that we all are believing today. And maybe there's a lie that you believe in your life that you need to, you need to understand. Here's the first one that is so prevalent out there is that if it feels good, you just do it. If it feels good, you do it. And, and that's what Paul addresses in that first phrase. He says, you, haven't you said, like, I have the right to do anything. It feels good. Let me encourage you. Not everything that feels good is for your good. Like, like if, it, if I went by what feels good, then I wouldn't have come immediately to the church this morning. I would have drove into to Kennedy and gone through to the Krispy Kreme drive-thru. I would have paid them some extra money to put me on the conveyor and let me go underneath that glaze. Come on, to God be the glory. Just enjoying life. Because that's what feels good. Your body is not telling you what's right for you. It's telling you what feels good. And let me tell you, your body craves things that will bring it pleasure, but it can actually kill it. You, it'll tell you to eat things that'll actually make you unhealthy. Think about that. It'll say to sleep with people that'll actually destroy your emotions and your relationships. It'll tell you to take substances and create habits and addictions that'll end up killing you. Stop listening to your body. It doesn't know what's best. You got to hear that because we just have this idea, but it feels good. I'm just going to do it. It's wrong. It's wrong. Here's the second line is that I can handle it. I hear this one all the time. Well, Aaron, when it comes to temptation, when it comes to, I can handle it. I can DM that girl. I can hang out with that guy. I can go to that place. It's not a big deal. It might be a big deal for them, but I, I can handle it. That's the phrase of someone who's about to fall morally when it comes to sexual immorality. It's I can handle it. I can do it. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. You, you, you cannot find victory on your own in this area. In this area, I'm telling you, there's nothing that'll bring someone down more in their life than this area and the, the, the common thing amongst everybody that I know with that deals with that cannot find victory in this area is they feel like they can do it on their own. Here's the cycle, okay? I wrote this out. This is the normal cycle because I'm gonna tell you you're gonna find freedom today, but you gotta identify the cycle. Here's the cycle. It only starts with temptation. So the temptation is overwhelming. It's everywhere. And by the way, they're, they're spending billions and billions of dollars to get you tempted. It's over, over, like, overwhelming the amount of money they're spending right now to get you sexually hooked right now. And then it goes from temptation and then it goes to confidence. Oh, it's, I have temptation, but I can do it. I'm strong. I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. I can do that. And your confidence in who you are. And then eventually, here's the result of confidence. Ready? Confidence always leads to sins. You end up sinning. It leads to sin. And it's indulgence, and it leads to a life. And you know what it's like, because you, you get confidence. I'm, I'm going to overcome it. This is my year. You're like, 2023 is my year. I'm never doing it again. And it's like, two days in, you're back into sin. Because we have confidence in ourselves. And then from sins, you know where it leads us? It leads us straight into guilt. Isn't it? Because you know how you feel afterwards. You know, you, know, you know the remorse. You know the shame you know the, the heartache. You know, you know how you feel what it is. And then here's what happens when we let guilt guide us. Here's what happens. It goes from guilt and it goes right back into temptation. And that's the cycle. That's where you're caught right now. And the underlying belief that you've bought into, the lie is, I can handle this thing. And you can't handle it. Because this is what's gripping every single one of us right now. So, so how, do we, how do we get out of it? Well, I'll give you in a second. Let me give you one more lie. Here's the third lie. Ready? It's right there in your notes. And I hear this all the time. It's my body, my choice. <laughs> it's my body. 
I, I, can, I can sleep with who I want to. I can do whatever I want. It's my body, my choice. And let me just tell you, you, you can believe that in America. You can believe that. You can politically believe that if you want. And here's the thing. is If you want to believe that, great. But my job and the reason I'm on this stage right now is to not believe, be your life coach that gives you false confidence in a statement that will destroy your life. I am not your life coach, I am your pastor. And I'm gonna look right at that screen and just tell you one thing, to say, it is not your body, it is not your choice. You have been purchased by God himself. He is in charge, and when he's in charge, you do it his way and not your way. Can I get a better amen, church? So I know the lies that are out there, but I'm telling you, there's a way to do this thing right. So I'm not saying just say no, I'm saying let's say yes to God. Because when you, when, when you say yes to the world, here's what happens. Sin always overpromises on fun, and especially sexual sin. She's going to be so great. He's going to be so fun. This, this site nobody else will know about, but it always underdelivers on fulfillment. Why? Because you're trapped in the cycle. You're trapped. You're trapped. You're trapped. So how do we get out of it? Well, that's what we're going to spend the last few minutes we have together. And I'm going to give you four keys from Paul. He said these four things, and I'm telling you, these four things are what has helped keep me free and keep my purity alive because it is something that is crucial for you being who God's called you to be. Four keys for you to walk in freedom from sexual sin. Number one, don't believe the lies. We hear these lies all the time. I can handle it. It feels good. It must be good for me. It's my body. I can do with it what I want. No, 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 no. We're not going to believe the lies. We're not going to believe the lies. We're not going to get deceived in our mind that in a mindset that's going to trap us and eventually destroy our life, destroy our marriage, destroy our legacy, destroy what our kids think about us. And I see it happening all the time. Here's what Paul says, verse 15. Don't you know? He's like, almost like we're, we're being lied to. He's like, don't you know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? This is what he says. He's like, you, you, you can't do what you want with it. You're members of Christ. You're members of the body of Christ. He says, shall I take the members of Christ, look at this phrase, and unite them with a prostitute? Never. He, he's trying to tell you, no, don't do this stuff the way the world's saying. You're, you're, you're set apart. You're special. You're not called to do what culture says. You're called to live the way God wants you to live. And, and I want you to get this because we, we mess up and we get into lie after lie. A lie like this, like it only affects me. No, it doesn't only affect you. It affects a lot of people around you. And by the way, it's going to eventually affect your kids one day. And as we learned yesterday at XO, it'll carry down for three different generations the decisions you make. Massive takeaway yesterday. Because what we do really, really matters in this area. Let me tell you, it doesn't just affect you. Here's, here's another lie I believe all the time. Well, it's the same as any other sin. Every sin's the same. Let me just tell you, that's not true. That's not true. I can prove it to you all throughout the scriptures where God elevates some sins over other sins. Let me, let me tell you, the solution for our sins is the same, but the gravity of our sins and the consequence of them, there's different sins that matter more than others. And as you're going to hear in just a second, this sin is worse than all of them because it affects not just outside, it affects your insides more than you ever thought was possible. It does. Here's another lie I believe is that people believe is that when you mess up in this area, you, you, you've lost it all. There's no more hope. There's no more hope. Let me just remind you, ready? When a Christian sin, it does not affect our salvation. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. That's good news. That's good news. Like, you need to have confidence in that. So if you've messed up recently and you've gone, oh, it's just all over. I need to throw in the towel. No, 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 no. 
Let me tell you, it doesn't affect our sin. Our, our, our sin doesn't affect our salvation, but it does affect our significance. So there, there is a purpose. There is a significance that God has for your life. So what, the, reason, the reason I am so adamant on not playing around with sexual sin is because I know there's something significant God wants to do through my life. And I want you to know it's the same for every single one of you. God's got something significant in store for your life. So you need to stop believing the lies. That, that, that this thing's going to take you. But understand, listen, your significance, your purpose is tied into your purity. So we have to live in such a way that this really matters. Here's the second way. We overcome and we fight sexual sin by number two, by keeping sex within your marriage. All right, now you would think this is common sense, but it's not. So let me help you with this. Because what God created is so beautiful when it comes to Sex within our marriage. So if you're married, let me just tell you, keep it within your marriage. This is not something to go outside of your marriage for. This is not something to play around with. Make it pure. That's what we read about even last week, is that the marriage bed should be kept pure. It's something that should be respected, should be honored. So if you're not married before God, then you just don't partake in sex. Like, I know it's really hard. You go, well, what's the solution? You get married. You find, you, you get married. And then when you're in that married, marriage, you have lots of sex. Okay, that's what you do. All right, somebody, you never took a notes before in your life until that moment right there. The pastor told me. Lots of sex. Pastor's orders, all right? Look what Paul says, verse 16. He says, do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in the body? What? He's sitting there and going, this is the gravity of how intense sex is. Sex, it's not just physical. You're actually being united with somebody in every area of your life. He says, so when you go outside your marriage, this is what happens. And then he gives what marriage is for the two become one flesh. This is why it's so beautiful. This is why we should celebrate marriage and celebrate sex within the marriage because this is how God's planned it, but don't go outside of it. And he says, but for whoever is united with the Lord is one with, with him in spirit. You should thrive in this area in your marriage because it's God's plan. So don't believe the lie that we all get to at many times is going, oh man, I'll be so much more satisfied with this or this or this or this. No, no, no. In your marriage, in the context of it, let's make it a point to say, you know what? We're going to honor God with this area of our life. And we're going to make this area of our life a great area of our life. Like, like I love what Proverbs says, may the, your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. Come on. Some of y'all, you need to rejoice in the fact, man, God's, God's got us married. We're in this thing, and we're going to make this part of our life a great part of our life. It, it's something that should be enjoyed. Come on. I heard a better amen than that. Here, here's, write it on your notes. Ready? Because sex within God's order always brings pleasure. It does. But sex outside of God's order always brings pain. And that's the fact, is that the enemy will lie to you and say you will only find pleasure outside of God's best for you. And that's a lie from the enemy. I want to look right at the camera because I feel an unction by the Spirit of God to just say this. There's some guy or some girl, and you're in a God-honoring marriage, and you have made a covenant before God, but you are playing around with DMing some person or writing some person in your office or having conversations with someone that's outside of your marriage. Let me just tell you from God, you're about to tank something that God has put in your life. You're about to tank something. Take it so serious. Don't even play around with these things of the world. Let me tell you, honor God with your marriage. Honor him with it. Here's number three. Ready? How do we fight for sexual purity? Number three, 
don't just fight sin, sexual sin, but you flee from it. You flee from it. You get as far away from it as possible. You get as far away from it as possible. That's what Paul tells us to do. Look what he says. He says in verse 18, flee from sexual immorality. And then he gives us our statement of why sexual immorality is such a big deal. All other sins a person commits are outside of the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. Like, this is a big deal. So flee from it. Like, don't play around with it. So, so I want you to know something about your pastor. You need to know this. This is a big deal, okay? And just a little bragging rights. I have never lost a fight in my entire life. Never. Never. MMA, uh, boxing, wrestling, doesn't matter what it is. I have never lost. I am an absolute perfect record in every fight I've ever been in. Do you know why? Because I've never been in a fight in my entire life. And the few times I was offered, I ran away from the fight. Let me tell you, I'm going to keep that perfect record up. Because I understand that I can be beaten. Now hear me, hear me out. Hear me out. There's some of you that are walking around and... and and you are so confident in who you are, and that's why you keep falling every single day. You keep going, you go, I can handle it. I can handle, I can handle talking to that girl. I can handle flirting with that person. I can handle the DMs. I can handle watching that show. You can't handle it. You can't handle it. That's what Paul says. He, he's very, 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 very clear about this. Write it down in your notes this way, and I want you to get this. You don't get any other takeaway. Here's your takeaway. Ready? Many people fall into sexual sin not because they lack willpower, but because they lack wisdom. They just don't have wisdom. They, they, just, they just, it's not because they don't believe, it's because they don't have proper boundaries. It's not because they aren't spiritual, it's because sometimes you're just stupid. Can we be real today at church? You're talking to her again? You're, you're hanging out with that guy again? When you know what it's going to lead to? No, 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 no. We, we got we to stop the facade. That we can get this thing. We run from it. The, the question that was always asked to me when I was in youth ministry is, how far is too far? Where, where's the line? Where's it okay? Like, am, am I okay with this, but I'm not okay with this? And I remember sitting there realizing in my life that I want to live in such a way that I'm so far away from the line, I don't even have to get near it. Because I'm telling you, the enemy's tactic is to get you so close to the line that you'll eventually fall off the cliff. We don't, we, don't, we don't fight sexual sin. We flee from sexual sin. We get away from it. We, we delete the app. We get away from the person. We live in purity. We're going to stop watching that show because we know, let me tell you, we are all vulnerable. My pastor said it this way. He says, I know that I will never fall into sexual sin because I wake up every day thinking that this could be the day that I do. Boom. If I were you, I'd take that down somewhere. Every day, I think this could be the day it all, it all falls apart. So my guard's up. Boundaries are on. I'm not going to be dumb. I'm going to live in a way that honors God. If you, by the way, if you need help with this, we, we, have counselor, oh, we, we have counselors we recommend. We have some resources. We all put it on weareradiant.com. Anything with your marriage, any that way. By the way, one of the great things you could do today is not to run out of a service right as soon as it's over, but right at the very end, just come down front and get some prayer today because we need each other in this thing. We, we need some wisdom in this area. You need, you need to agree together. You need to get some brothers or sisters in your life that you can hold you accountable because we need to be smart in this thing of how to flee. They can get in your life and go, are you serious? You're talking to her again? Are you serious? 
You're writing that guy again? Are you serious? You're watching that show when you know what's in it? Why? Why? We're not legalistic. We're just not dumb. Because we want to we be pure. Can I hear a better amen today, church? Let's close it out with number four. Ready? We're going to rely on God's power and God's people to sustain purity. How do we live free? How do we fight sexual sin? We rely on God's power to sustain our purity. And I want you to live in this way. Look what he says. He closes it out with this phrase. And he says it like this. He says, do you not know? And many of us don't. We don't know this. So let me just tell you. Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You are bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. I read this phrase growing up. I'd read this verse right here when I was battling, like we all battle when it comes to sexual temptation. And I would read this verse, I would feel so condemned because I'd feel so terrible because I read it wrong. I read it like God's in there and he's just looking at you going, oh man, messed up again. I'm out of this place. Reminds us, Katie and I have, we have two vehicles. We have my vehicle, which is always clean. <laughs> then we have her vehicle, which brings around our five kids everywhere. And if, uh, and, and if you know what it's like, we have a minivan for the kids. We're proud of our minivan. And um, if you know anything about a minivan, it's they've never been clean. Like, it's just never, like, it gets clean, and then two minutes later, it's dirty again. And um, if you ask me to pick you up while I'm in the minivan, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go, I can. In like two hours, I can be there because I'm going to have to get, like if, if our world is ever ending, we're at, a, we're at a hunger crisis. You just come to my minivan. There's Cheetos available. <laughs> They're there. We'll feed you for months. There's just stuff stuffed under, bananas and just stuff. I remember one time one of my pastors came into town and he's like, hey, I'm in the airport for a few minutes. Can you come pick me up? And I remember I was in the minivan. I was so embarrassed. I was like, I can't put someone that valuable in something so dirty. That's how I used to look at this verse. I used to look at this verse thinking, I'm dirty. I'm messed up. I'm a bad temple. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want anything to do with me. And I think that's how some of y'all feel. But you're reading this verse wrong. You're reading this verse wrong. Because as Paul is telling us to live in freedom of sexual purity, freedom of sexual sin, he, he sits there and he says, you want to know the answer? You want to know the answer when you're tempted? You want to know the answer when the onslaught of lust is in your life? You want to know the answer? Do you not know that you are a temple for the Spirit of God? This is not to condemn you. This is to empower you to say, when you feel weak, he is strong. When you feel broken, he is inside of you. When you feel that you can't overcome, he's already overcome. We have the Spirit of God to bring us in the victory. Come on, give a better praise today, church. Because here's your last point, ready? Because what God requires his spirit will always empower in your life. So if it requires purity, his spirit will empower you. And that's why every day, here's what you should do. You should wake up every day thinking this could be the day you fall morally and say, but God, I can't do it on my own. 
I need your spirit in my life. So why don't we do this across all of our locations right now? Why don't we do this? And nobody moving around, why don't you stand to your feet right now? And why don't we have a moment right now? I, I know, I don't want you walking around feeling guilty or feeling shameful. I want you to walk in with some hope. I want you to feel encouraged in this moment to say, in my own self, I can't be free. In my own self, I can't be pure. In my own self, I can't do it God's way. But I am a temple of the Spirit of God. I have been bought with a price. And because He who lives in me is greater than he that's out there, then I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. So do me a favor. Come on, throw a hand up to heaven right now and ask the Holy Spirit. Spirit of God, fill us. Spirit of God, empower us. Spirit of God, equip us to walk in purity in every area of our life. Come on, let's sing it out. Come on. God, empower me to live free. You might have years and decades of doing it the world's way. One decision can change your life. So I'm going to do it God's way. Lord, I pray for your church right now. We listen to your spirit. We say we're going to do life your way, God, instead of the world's way. It's not everybody else's fault. It's my, it's my decision right now to house the spirit of God in my life to give me freedom and victory. Jesus name with every eye closed every head bowed there's one more group you don't have a relationship with Christ but you can you're lost in your sins you're lost away from him you don't know where the hope is the hope is that 2,000 years ago Jesus came lived a sinless life died a horrific death for your sins he didn't stay dead he rose again three days later conquering death hell and the grave and showing us that because he overcame you can overcome also if you're here today you don't have a relationship with Christ you can make that decision right now to put your faith in him and you're going to do it on the count of three you're going to raise that hand we're waving at me put it right back down and god's going to save you right there in your seat this is the best decision you'll ever make with your life it'll change your life right here in this moment one two three come on slip up that hand right now thank you thank you thank you thank you come on wave it at me at every campus put it right back down thank you thank you why don't we all pray this prayer out loud before our locations pastors come come on say dear jesus today i make a decision to follow you thank you for dying for me I will live for you forgive my sin forgive my past give me a fresh start you are my Lord and you are my Savior in Jesus name we pray and everybody that believes it says come on can we celebrate those who just made the best decision ever thank you for listening to the Radiant Church podcast for service times or giving options visit us at weareradiant.com